0: Welcome back to PuckCast with Statsman and AJ, Rotowires fantasy hockey show. Hi, friends. I'm Paul Bruno coming to you from the Canadian hockey hotbed in southern Ontario, home of the Maple Leafs and the Buffalo Sabres, and they and the, will adopt them, and uh, the Ottawa Senators in <laughs> the Golden Horseshoe, I'll say. And you can follow me at Statsman22. My co-host, giggling in the background, is AJ Scholes. Great follow at AJ two 24 based in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. That's pretty close to... Madison where our protowire headquarters are but I don't know who the nearest hockey team is to you and I still don't know why you're a Pittsburgh Penguins
1: fan AJ I'll bring you in and answer that (laughs) question for us well the closest team is going to be the Chicago Blackhawks Um, and there are a fair number of Blackhawks fans uh, in in Wisconsin uh, the northern part of the state a lot of uh, Minnesota Wild fans but look if I'm supposed to cheer against Chicago for football, baseball, basketball, same with Minnesota, like, why am I suddenly going to cheer for their hockey team? <laughs> uh, so I, uh, I needed a, needed a team and uh, went, went with the Penguins. Uh, just uh easy choice for me. Um yeah, that's about it. I do. I will say there's, uh, especially in the Milwaukee area, there's a decent amount of Nashville Predators fans mm-hmm. uh, because AHL Milwaukee is the affiliate for the Nashville Predators. Makes sense. Uh, I definitely think that's that that one I'm totally fine with. Like Nashville mm-hmm. makes a ton of sense to me, um, but to be a Blackhawks fan, but to then hate all other Chicago sports teams just didn't make sense to me.
0: Well, there's a good explanation, and I was eight years late in asking that question, AJ, so (laughs) glad I came up with it this this morning. On today's show, we're going to do a little bit of twist uh, in terms of our usual in-season fair. I hope that our listeners like it. Whether they do or they don't, we'd certainly like to hear their comments. But on today's episode, we're going to look at the most productive players in the past week. That's the first section. The second one will be players most added on fantasy rosters and perhaps why they were added, given their situation or production. And uh, players most dropped from fantasy rosters might be due to injury or moving up or down in their lineups. And then finally, at the DFS segment where we're t- going to take a p- shot at putting together some lineups tonight, maybe even looking at some game lines. So let's dive in, AJ, and we'll look at this week's hot players. Why don't you kick us off with a look at two or three, and then I'll come back with two or three more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, looking at at some of the goal scorers here, uh, I'll let you wax poetic about Austin Matthews when, when, uh, when you get a crack at it. Um, but some of the maybe more surprising ones uh, on the top goal scorers here, Brock Besser with four goals in just two games for Vancouver. Um, you know, I think Vancouver is a team that is on the rise. I think we both feel that way, that they've got some solid pieces there. They're not the deepest team, so you're gonna to expect to see them uh, go pretty heavy, I think with top six uh, you know top six usage. Uh, one of those goals for Besser did come uh, on the power play. He is with that first power play unit, four goals against against Edmonton in, in one game, um, but didn't slouch in the other one got an assist there as well. So Brock Besser may be one of my bigger surprises at the top of this list. I think the other one for me is probably Kyle Connor. Um, You know, some people might not be surprised by that, but with all the overhaul that we saw with uh, the Jets lineup and questions heading into the season about, you know, if Shifley or Hellebuck were going to be kept around, obviously they signed those new deals. So they are. Uh, I certainly think there was some opening for some questions about Kyle Connor and what his production numbers might look like. Three goals through the first two games, for the Jets as well. He pairs up with Shifley. You know, Paul, we always talk about the, uh, you know, the wingman theory, if you will, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Gabriel Varardi is the guy who's the third on that line with Shifley and Kyle Connor. So he's maybe one to watch and see what his production is, but yeah, a little surprised that the Jets offense got off to start. So those were kind of two goal scorers that uh, were the top of this group for the first week here of the season. And, and guys, that stuck out to me. Well, and
0: I'm going to point out a few more. Of course, Austin Matthews bears a mention. Six goals, AJ, uh, on pace for 240 after two games. I mean, he's slumping now. He didn't score last night, so he's only down to 164. So a uh, great week for him. It took him about 12 games to get to the six-goal mark this year, and there's already talk of how high can he go this season. I wonder if I put up a prop of 60 plus or minus, are you on the minus side or on the plus side of that one?
1: Oh boy! Um, I mean, I think at this point you have to go plus. Uh, the rest of that offense is really good. Um, yeah, I, I would take I would take the over on on sixty at the line for Austin Matthews right now.
0: See, I, I would I would have said eighty or hundred, but you know what? <laughs> sixty is a lock. Sidney Crosby, your guy, three goals and one assist this week. Uh, looks like he's not ready to slow down. So happy for you that your guy is off off to a great start as well we were laughing off air because both our clubs lost to favorite clubs lost to Chicago this week. I guess we got to make them as playoff contender all of a sudden, but, uh, In terms of the other top goal scorers, look at Travis Konechny from Philadelphia is kind of an underrated player, in my opinion, just because of the team that he plays on. But he's a 30-goal shooter. Uh, uh, I I think uh, this year, I think he's targeting that total because they got a couple of top players back in the top six. That's going to help him. So three goals and one helper and seven shots on goal in his first week is just maybe the tip of the iceberg for him this season. I'm glad you mentioned Kyle Connor as well, because he's off to a pretty good start and an underrated top sniper in this league uh also the wingman for sydney crosby brian rust may, mayors have mentioned so why am i talking about all the pens but Rust <laughs> got three goals and uh, looks great on that wing and then willie nylander back in toronto uh three goals and two helpers and he looks like he's in just mid-season form he's flying around the ice offensively at least and if he keeps this up he's locked to get 40 this year in in a contract year so good for him Chris Kreider doing the same thing in the Rangers uniform three goals and one helper again looking like he's going to be threatening at least the 40 goal mark he kind of slumped last year to sub 40 I think he'll be back above that in terms of the top assist guys this week AJ uh, who did you who caught your eye
1: well, this is where I was saving all my, my penguins here, Paul. So uh, you got to talk about Jake Gento coming back five assists through the first three games, uh, plus a goal there. And for a guy that was supposed to at one point was going to miss all of October, then was going to miss the first five games, didn't miss any time this season. So a really strong performance uh, by him. Uh, I think also, you know, sticking with kind of the the veteran theme here, Evgeny Malkin, two goals, four assists in three games, looking really very much like classic like Evgeny Evgeny Malkin here. How long that lasts, who knows? Uh, I think it's definitely clear he's not quite as fleet of foot as he was earlier in his career, but obviously still got plenty in the tank. And then I'll add a defenseman here, Victor Hedman, four helpers uh, this week, one goal as well. Another player, look, we, we talked about the fact and we've been saying this for a couple of years is, you know, is Svechnikov uh, or Sergachev rather Mikhail Sergachev, going to take over more as the number one power play guy. Um, I think we had that going into the season based on the early numbers. They've gone back to Hedman as their top power play quarterback And he's shown that he's still got something left in the tank. So, um, you know, maybe Sergachev still averaged 138, uh, about half a minute, give or take, less than Hedman through the opening games here. I think that's definitely a fluid situation. Um, But if you were all in on Mikhail Sergachev being like power play, number one, lock guy, uh, that clearly has not been the case through the the first week of the season for the Lightning.
0: AJ, if I would have told you after two games between Edmonton and Vancouver that. Elias Patterson would outshine Connor McDavid. You would have uh, laughed hysterically, <laughs> but there's six points in the ledger for Patterson already. And he's just reminding people that this is a hundred point guy. And I don't think he gets the publicity that some of the other guy top four uh, pivots do in Canada. He's right there with, with them, I think, and uh, in line for that big season. And if you picked him in your draft, uh, a good choice there because he's uh, doing it across the board, including the hits and block shots. He's, to filling those categories as well I've got to give a nod to John Tavares here even here in Toronto people are saying in the sixth year of his seven year deal is he finally going to show signs of slowing down well five assists in the first three games of the season uh, not a bad start for the Leafs captain and I think he's in line to, to at least threaten the 70 point mark so not much of a drop-off is expected there in Los Angeles you know they picked away and added a couple of nice pieces in the last couple of years. Kevin Fiala is one of them. And he too is off to a very nice start this season for the Kings with three helpers and seven shots in his first three games playing top six minutes there. And uh, people are wondering about Vlad Tarasenko in Ottawa. How would he look? A goal on three helpers in the first week of the season with five shots on goal and three hits to his record is uh, uh, indicating a good start for him and uh, an underrated guy in vegas i don't know why more people don't don't have faith in, in him but chandler stevenson just continues to tick and bop uh, scoring 34 fantasy points in the first week of play with two goals and three assists five hits two two five hits two blocked shots really good numbers across uh, across the board for him and then finally corey perry a pest that uh, Chicago has now inherited. He was a thorn in the leaf side last night, a key player in the win. Uh, but even before that, he had three go- three assists uh, to his record on the season. So off to a nice start as a kind of a mentor for the super kid in uh, Connor Bedard there. Six shots on goal, one hit and two block shots. Another guy that's a stat sheet filler, even though he's a depth player, don't forget he's gonna get power play minutes over there. And then one, mo- fi- one more on the blue line, I'll say, How about Jonas Siegenthaler of New Jersey? I don't know if he's going to play big minutes uh, all season long, but he's off to an average of 21 per game in New Jersey and picked up three assists along the way, AJ. So uh, good for him. And then uh, I'll throw another name out finally. Brady Shea, uh, 18-goal shooter last year. People said, can he do it again? And he's kind of overlooked when you consider that Brett Burns is the – Primo uh, choice on on defense in Carolina, but this is no slouch. One goal and three helpers on five shots and uh, six uh, additional blocks on his record. So a guy that fills it across the board, too, AJ. Anybody else catch your name, uh, catch your eye in uh, defense or in the Nets? How about that? Transition to that for us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll start with a couple more defensemen. Just, you know, we've talked for years, um, last couple of years, there's really been a strong resurgence of, of young defenders coming into the league to really push the top. Now that's not to say the top guys are out. We talked about Victor Hedman, obviously uh, producing uh, Dougie Hamilton has got four points through three games, but you look at the top of the leaderboard right now and you've got Quinn Hughes with four helpers, three of them coming with the power play. Adam Fox has four assists. Maureen Sider had three points, Kyle McCarr three points. So uh, it really continues to be these guys are building on uh, their you know handful of seasons in the league and really proving uh, that that it can be in some ways a, a young man's game here. So been pretty impressed with those guys. In terms of those netminers, as you mentioned, hard not to look and talk about Aiden Hill right off the hop here. two wins and two outings, 964 the save percentage, 1.01, the goals against average. Uh, looks like nothing has changed since the, the Stanley Cup run here for him uh, just continues to, to thrive in that role. Um, you know, I think we should also uh, talk about Philip Gustafson from Minnesota came out, had a fantastic start uh, to the season with uh, that that 41 save uh, shutout performance against Florida and then gave up seven to your Leafs a couple nights later. So um, just something to keep an eye on. Obviously, you know, 41 saves shutout against a strong Florida team. That's not a bad club. Um, So really put in some decent numbers there, but then to counteract that. Now, I expect the Leafs probably are going to put up six or seven goals on a handful of goalies this season. He won't be the only one that falls into that category, Um, but you're going to need better performances from him at the top of the league. And uh, so, yeah, just something to keep an eye out with him.
0: In terms of the goalie leaders, in terms of minutes played last week, UC Saros led the pack. And uh, that's important because you want a guy who's going to play a lot. And even though it's a team that doesn't have the, the playoff aspirations or the expectations I should say that some of the other top teams do this guy's going to play a lot and they're going to go as far as they he can take them he earned 37 fantasy points last week collected a win saved 80 shots and had a shutout so a pretty good start for him Jordan Bennington I can't let a segment like this go by when Bennington's (laughs) off to a decent start AJ he played in two games has 36.8 points in fantasy last week a win two goals against in total 63 shots saved so a pretty good start for him uh, the likes of Georgiev uh, and uh, and uh, to other top goalies, they're doing their thing. Georgiev and Markstrom off to pretty good starts for their respective clubs. Jeremy Swayman, I, I think this guy's going to be a surprise contributor to Boston more than people expect. I, I expect by the end of the season, he'll pass uh, Linus Allmark on that. In the hierarchy there in the nets and i'm watching that situation closely he got a a nice win uh, for the bruins out of the out of the gate freddie anderson if he stays healthy he's going to get a pile of wins in carolina i picked him in my fantasy aj i know he's not one of these guys that's likely to pay, play 60 games but he play if he plays 55 he might still win 40 because that th- team is still the consensus top team uh, in terms of preseason picks for the top of the, uh, the president's trophy hunt. So I liked him. I got my eye on Jake Ottinger. He's got a good start going too with uh, one goal against in the appearance that he put up. But how about some lesser lights? Lucas Dostal had a good appearance for Anaheim, and they're looking for the next one because John Gibson is a guy who's pretty long in the tooth there, and Dostal is, is lining up as the number two guy but off to a good start with a win in his only appearance. So... Uh, let me throw it back to you. One final thought on any goalies that you uh, want to add the, to the discussion?
1: Yeah, I would add a, a similar note uh, to James Reimer, who I, you know I think we both would classify as career backup, um, but he is one of four NHL goalies to already have a shutout this season. The other three not going to surprise anybody: Gustafson, Jari, and and Saros are the other three with shutouts. James Reimer putting in a good performance. Um, you know, through two games here, Billy Huso's numbers, not fantastic. Uh, one and one was the record, three, five, seven goals against average, save percentages below nine. Uh, so it's possible we see a little bit more Reimer. Maybe they try and see what he's got, what they have there. They've got a, th- a, a third goalie with them right now and Alex Lyon, another guy that I think we both would classify as in that career backup role um so they have options and and can maybe look at different things cuz really a, a rough start to the season for Villa Huso.
0: Well and now let's swing into the a look at the most added players in fantasy after the first week of the season uh, fa- fantasy pool ma- managers are looking at players who got off to a big start or maybe have a bigger role than expected right at the top of the list right now is Nick Paul of Tampa he, his ownership grew by 34.8% on ESPN, in ESPN leagues. We're using that as the basis for this segment. He went from 1.4 ownership to 36.2. Those are the kind of numbers we're going to throw at you. Uh, so just to explain them while we take a shot at the first guy, Ryan O'Reilly, much was expected of him as he moved over to Nashville and, and he's delivering it on it in the early going and people are ha- showing a little more faith in him that they had in the early season. Uh, preseason he went from 8% ownership to 31 that's a jump of 23% as he looks like a lock to be not only the on and off ice leader but uh, getting a top six role and running with it and uh, work on the power play you mentioned Brian Brock Besser Uh, he's a guy who's back in the good graces of fantasy pool manager starting the season at 55.4 jumped for to 77.2 on the strength of a pretty good week Uh, I'm a little nervous about Matthew Nye's uh, based on what I've seen so far, AJ, to be honest, uh, he's playing on a third line with fellow youngster Fraser Minton, and uh, and uh, they're, they're moving players around, veterans around on the other wing. Ty Domi's son, Max, has had a shot at it, and so has Kali Yarncrock. They're looking for an answer there, but uh, I think it's a little too early to kind of put the pressure on Nice to deliver in a third-line role. His ownership went from 21.7 to 42.4. Uh, jump of 20%, but I don't think it's justified. I'll throw it to you and uh, have you come up with a few more names that caught your eye in this list.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll just start with, you know, uh, Nick Paul doesn't surprise me as, as kind of leading the way when you, you know, in light of Tyler Mott uh, ends up on injured reserve, Stamkos missed their most recent game. So uh, Paul, I think there was some hope that he'd be in a, a top six role there been on the third line, but it's a, it's an okay third line with Connor Sherry uh, and Alex Barry Boulay. Uh, So, and a, and a strong opening night, obviously that's going to be a factor as well. Uh, Had three points in that first game. He's getting power play time uh, because of those, those injuries that I mentioned. So uh, not surprised there. Uh, The biggest one that, that we looked at here for me is Brian Rust, um, you know, Went from 6.5 to 27.1, uh, clearly people in ESPN leagues don't listen to our show, Paul. I mean, I mean we talked about yeah. Brian Russ is going to play on the first line with Sidney Crosby and Jake Gunsell. Like you fall into points in that role. Like it's not that hard. Plus, this is a guy that's hit the 20 goal mark in four straight seasons. He's got three already to start the year. Uh, honestly, I'm surprised that he's only at 27.1. I would expect that number will keep going up. So if you're listening to us right now and you're in an ESPN league, like three-fourths of these leagues don't have Brian Rust. Uh, so maybe go out there and get him <laughs> uh, would be my suggestion here. You know, the other one, uh, you know, not really surprised by by Siegenthaler. Uh, his number's jumping. You highlighted what he did this season. Uh, not surprised that they were low to start out. Uh, Aiden Hill going from 61 to, to 77. Um, again, not totally surprising to me, just because uh, prior to his time in Vegas, his numbers not always the best. Um, had a great playoff, there's no question about it. But I'm also I am on the flip side a little bit surprised because with the injury to Robin Leonard, like we knew Hill was going to be the starter to open the season um, on a very good Vegas team. Uh so I'm both like I, I'm not surprised by the jump. Um and yeah, I'm I'm back and forth, I guess, on whether I'm surprised that it was only sixty uh sixty some percent to start the year because he went into the season, I think very clearly, at least in my opinion, as the number one, uh based on that postseason performance. And I'm gonna throw a couple of goalies into the mix, AJ. I mean, the
0: top guy in terms of most added this week was Peter Morazic of Chicago. I'm sure the Hawks are not gonna continue at to win games at a 50% rate this season, but he's still going to play a net and receipt for his share of wins. So his ownership went from 1% to 11 last week. But the guy that I'm, I think, People should t- start taking note of is Jonas Johansson look at Tampa is without Vasilevsky and we all wondered who was going to take the reins he's going to get the, the top role it seems and he's off to a nice start and his ownership reflects that going from 15.9 percent to 25.9 i think for the first couple of weeks uh, months in the season if you're looking for a goalie he's showing that he can handle the responsibility behind what's still a very veteran and deep team uh, Logan Thompson is a you mentioned him in Vegas uh, another guy, another good situation there for him. He's going to split the role with Aiden Hill, so he's going to get his share of wins, and the percentage ownership went up 9.1 last week. Auntie Ranta, we say, has emerged as the, the backup who's going to play almost 40 games for, for Carolina. He seems to, almost every year, split the role with Anderson pretty evenly, so... He's a guy to watch for in terms of the win probability that he has every time he suits up behind that great team. So uh, there are some goalies that are available if you're looking for a third guy or if you have an injury to deal with, but you want to have depth at that position. And those are some credible options that you should be looking at. I'll throw in one offensive player who I've got a bit of a question mark on, and that's Mike Bunting. Michael Bunting. He's playing first line minutes for Carolina. I think that's only going to last as long as Andres Vechnikov is out and we expect him to be out for at least another week or two. And so we wonder what Michael Bunting's role will be at that point. His ownership is spiking now as, as long as he gets a first line assignment alongside Sebastian Ajo. Any more to close out this section before we go to the drop guys, AJ?
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, you know, we've got, uh, uh, they, this is going to be, I think, probably the most fluid that this situation will be, um, You know, you'll, I think moving forward, you'll see mostly it'll be driven by by injuries, right? So it'll be the guy that's taken on a bigger role because somebody else got hurt. Um, But obviously, we're all adjusting to early season returns and, and what all that looks like.
0: So what about some drop players this week? I know we both uh, had a big loss right at the top of the list. Victor Arvidsson going on the IR for LA. That's a big blow and his ownership went down 15.6%. It's going to drop more because he's out month to month. They're saying it's a long-term situation, but other than him, others that made this list are for underperformance or injury-related situations in some cases, but touch on a few, and then I'll come back with more.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, two goalies at the top, Peter, uh, 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 Peter Kochekov. Right. Kochekov, thank you, Paul, mm-hmm. uh, being dropped pretty significantly. There were some circles in which, you know, I think people thought he was going to be uh, on the on the opening night roster. I personally don't understand what those circles were. Uh, they signed <laughs> Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta, like not sure. And if you're holding on to him, if you're one of those 35.7% of people holding on to him, I think you can fairly safely drop him here at this point. Spencer Knight, another goalie that didn't make the opening night roster. I'm more inclined. I'd be more inclined to hold on to him. Um, I think it's going to take a little bit of time because of all the the extra time that he missed last season. But uh, I think he should be capable of challenging and Anthony Stoller for the backup job there. So more inclined to hold on to him. And then in Edmonton, Stuart Skinner. Uh, being dropped. Uh, I think, you know, 9% drop is pretty significant uh, on the heels of some disappointing first two outings, gave up four goals in each of his first two games. Uh, you know, but that one, again, I, I, you know, if you have Stuart Skinner, you know, he, you know, Jack Campbell got chased from the net in the first game, given up four goals of his own. Yeah. Skinner starts the second one, doesn't do any better, but like that one's at least an open competition. So, um, you know, maybe if you're able to get some of those guys that we talked about, uh, if you're able to add like say Jordan Pennington, then I could see you dropping Skinner or even Ante Ranta, uh, Peter Mrazic. If you're able to add one of those guys, I guess maybe, but right now I think it's an open competition in Edmonton. So uh, for me, a little too early to drop, Uh, One of the weird ones that showed up on here as well, Paul, was Patrick Kane. Yeah. Surprised that his ownership's up over 50%. I mean, he's not on a team. He's not expected back until probably closer to December. Um, Now, granted, once he comes back, he could look pretty good, potentially. But we don't know what sort of skating – you know, how's he going to look after, you know, having that hip surgery – how long is it going to take to get him going? I guess if you can stash him in a league, it, it makes sense. But at the same time, like some leagues are pretty strict about their IR designation and he's not on IR because he's not on a team. Um, so if you're wasting a roster spot for Patrick Kane, I don't know, I'm, j- I'm just not sold on it. And, and when he's going to be back and how he's going to look, even when he gets back, who he's going to sign with is a factor, too. Um, I assume a contender, but you never know. So uh, that one was a little strange to me to even see that his uh, ownership was was that high.
0: And for me, you know what? we uh, were expecting Connor Brown to have a top six role in Edmonton. It's not looking very good for him in the early going. And his ownership was a uh, season opening 66.4%. I think it's, it's going to drop a little bit more than the 6% it did last week because of his situation. Not... Uh, cracking that unit on a regular basis and certainly with the fact that they're loading up in the top line i like it even less for anybody else who's not in that mix playing the evander kane role in as a sidekick with the big boys right now in uh in leafland they i think there was a big overrating of jake mccabe in terms of an offensive piece i mean they've got two very good offensive defensemen and uh that that's going to be cutting into any hopes that uh, his owners have for him to produce i'm surprised it was as high as 56.8 percent it's going to drop a little bit from uh, that level it did five percent this past week max domi similarly miscast in a top six role in most people's eyes including my own i'll say is getting third line minutes until he shows more. And uh, the ownership started at 70.2, that's pretty high based on the projection that he would be a top six player. But relegated to third line role right now, it's not looking good for him to make that grade. Ditto for Drake Batherson in Ottawa, AJ, a guy that a lot of us thought would take the top six minutes, but he's on the outside of that looking in right now. And his ownership has dropped 5% this past week from a opening season opening 71.9. So big overrating there. Philip Deneau in Los Angeles. I mean, he was the number two center all season last year, but they added a nice piece in the top of that lineup too, uh, in terms of the fellow that came over. Uh, in free agency and uh, his name escapes me right now, but it is uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. He's gonna be the guy that takes up the lion's share of the top six minutes there. And I think you can expect that Denno won't have the offensive zone starts that he did last season to pad his offensive total. So that's just a look at some of the other guys and you can find this list on a weekly basis at uh, ESPN, but we'll try and give you an explanation for why this is happening. That's why we threw this in to our work this week, AJ. Any final thoughts on this section?
1: No, I mean, we'll we'll probably, you know, address a few more here in a, in a minute, talking more uh, injury related changes here that we've seen. Obviously those are gonna be a big factor to, to numbers as well. So, um, but overall, um, yeah, I think it's, it's an important thing to look at and try and figure out why, you know, is it just production? Is it something else? Why are we seeing uh, these drops?
0: So that's why we're going to have this as part of our uh, program going forward. We hope you enjoyed that little bit of information. We're going to take a break right now and give our chance for our sponsors to chime in. You're listening to the podcast with that. Staff-
2: we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
0: That's Ben and AJ. We'll be back right after these messages. All right, we're back and we're gonna dive in more into some of these injury concerns that we've heard uh, this season, AJ. And uh, uh, at the top of the list for me, of course, Victor Arvidsson, month to month, we say he's out for a while. Sam Bennett in Florida is a situation that's a little more short term, but he's a top six player there. When healthy, he's expected to miss uh, at least the first two weeks of the season. So that's a bit of a problem spot there. And uh, Zach Wierenski was expected to be the linchpin for the Columbus defense. He's out of the lineup right now, and uh, there's no news that I can see in terms of how long that's going to be. But that's a big hit for his ownership, uh, which was very high, almost 100% to start the season. And uh, a big blow to Columbus's hopes as long as he's out of the lineup. One final one I'll mention before I turn it over to you is Alec Martinez he's a guy who Vegas counts on to be the defensive conscience of, of the top four on the defense depth chart. And he's out of the lineup right now too. So some, some big names on the sidelines and, uh, the proximity of a return for some of them is not really known. I wish we could get better information shared by the teams, but that's the, that's the lot that we face. We have some idea of some other players, like Matthew Boldy is one final one that I'll touch on before I hand it over to you, AJ. He's listed as week to week. He suffered an upper body injury when he took an awkward, in the game against the leafs and that's a huge blow for this team because he's expected to be a top six player over there and coming off a very fine season so that's the tip of the iceberg that i see in terms of the injury news what about you
1: yeah i think you know a couple other names to uh to discuss out there um brendan tanev is going to be out four to six weeks probably not a huge fantasy producer for a lot of people but uh in deeper formats you know he's he's speedy player um, can offer some some value there. Kirby Dock, uh, there's some latest concern is it could be an MCL and or ACL injury that would end his season. Uh, it's not going to be short-term either way. That part has been very clear. Um, and then some that, you know, like you said, Paul, we don't have a ton of information on, so there are really more things to monitor. Uh, Robbie Fabry has been out, uh, continues to be classified as day-to-day, William Carrier for the Golden Knights is going to be a game time decision tonight. Um, Sean Couturier picked up uh, an injury. They're not providing a whole lot of details on that other than to say it wasn't related to his back problem. So um, yeah, there's a handful of names. we I mentioned earlier, Steven Stamkos didn't play on Sunday. So yeah, not a ton of information out there. One player we could be getting uh, that could be coming back if he's on your team Ilya Mikheyev uh, was cleared for contact with uh, with Vancouver. Obviously, you're familiar with him, Paul, as a former Maple Leaf. Um, Looks like he could be winding his way back. So that's good news if you have him on the injury front. Um, But yeah, there's there's definitely been no shortage of early injury concerns, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and one of the big names is Andrei Svechnikov. I mentioned him earlier with Carolina, not starting the season with the club. He's got a knee injury that he's rehabbing. Expected to miss a few more games, but it's not a long-term situation. So if you have a chance to claim him, certainly do so because he's expected to be a top shooter for that club. And uh, Philip Kourishev for the Chicago Blackhawks is out with a wrist injury he's listed day to day now and he should get a top six assignment there and if he gets minutes with Connor bedard you can expect his value to uh, spike as well so not a bad guy to look at Rupe hints was a top draft pick in a lot of fantasy leagues including the one that i was in and i picked him and i'm happy to report for myself that he's got an upper body injury that is getting better and he's expected actually to play uh, in the early part of this week so uh, resuming a top six role on one of the top lines in the nhl anytime you can plug a guy like that back in in your lineup you're happy the captain of the minnesota club jared spurgeon had an upper body injury in the exhibition schedule still not skating with the club so that's a big blow to the back end of this team a guy who has power play minutes in his arsenal when he's healthy too so look for his return but we got to get more information before we can tell you when Uh, in terms of another guy who plays power could play power play minutes in in his situation, Rasmus Ristolainen has a shoulder hurt. He's pretty close to a return for, for the Flyers, so keep an eye out for him in that regard. And uh, fun final one, uh, a couple of final ones in uh, San Jose. This is a team that's pretty thin to begin with, AJ. So when you got the likes of Grandlin and Couture out of the lineup, both with lower body injuries and both listed week to week, that's a trouble spot. And uh, teams that look at the, their uh, schedule and see San Jose on the, on the docket must be thinking, oh, it could be points night if they're missing two top six players on a team that's really not that deep to begin with. So uh, that's our look at the the injury concerns. A.J., last year we did, uh, and in the last couple of years, we did a lot of work in terms of the fantasy sports space, daily fantasy sports. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the strategy that you use in putting your teams together?
1: Yeah, I generally, you know, I try and stack teams that I expect to have big games um, try and target power play minutes as well. Uh, and then obviously, I mean, goalies is pretty straightforward, right? You, you gotta try and find the win. There's occasionally maybe a scenario where you would, you know, pick a guy who's going to see a high volume of shots and maybe give up a goal versus, you know, low volume of shots and shutout. But overall, uh, I generally try and stick with just a guy I think is going to come out with a win, um, perhaps to, you know, pull off a shutout or something. So, um, yeah, there's uh, definitely plenty of options out there for uh, how to how to build your lineups, especially on a night like tonight. We've got a ton of games tonight. So you have a lot of choices. Um, you know, maybe you do a couple stacks, a couple two player stacks on a handful of teams. Um, you know, and it, it depends if you're trying to win a big tournament. Stacking is kind of a boom or bust because if your team, if the team you stack doesn't produce, you're pretty much out of it. Um, whereas if you're going more 50-50s, cash games like that, uh, maybe you kind of spread your players out, go with more kind of even, consistent producers. Uh, so a couple of different options.
0: Yeah, I for my part, AJ, I build from the net out. I'm looking for the highest win probability of a goalie that won't break my bank. So I'm looking to spend no more than the low 8,000s in terms of the DraftKings or FanDuel price list. So I'm looking at tonight's schedule. And to me, I'll tip my hand. I look at Carolina, the very heavy favorite to win against the aforementioned San Jose Sharks, even though it's in San Jose and uh, the Hurricanes are on a road trip. Uh, they have way too much for San Jose to handle, and I think the goalie of record tonight is destined to be Freddie Anderson and uh, I've got him locked into my lineup. Then I look at other games where I think the scales are tipped in, in favor of one team or another based on the lines and, and uh, to build out my roster, I take two or three players from a couple of different teams. I don't go for the the, trying to fill my, my. Nine spots on the roster with nine different teams represented. I like to t- take two or three, four teams at the most, and fill it out that way. So, without further ado, let's take a quick look at some of the game lines in tonight's action. For instance, tonight, right off the top, we see in the early one of the early games, Vancouver traveling to Philadelphia. They're listed as the favorite and uh, led by the aforementioned Elias Pettersson and a, a pretty good goaltender in Thatcher Demko as well. Uh, I like them to uh, win this game. They're a minus one thirty-five favorite. The total for this game is 6.5. That's high because I think Philadelphia's defense is kind of suspect. So I might take Vancouver win and go over that line as a parlay kind of a bet to give you an example of what we can do. AJ, is there another game or two that you like in terms of the lines that are out there for tonight's games?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely uh, definitely with you on on that one as well. Um, I don't mind uh, taking a look at maybe the Sabres against the Lightning. Um, Bit of a bit of an underdog here, although I think technically they're the favorite. It's minus 112 versus minus 108. Mm -hmm. Um, So the Sabres at minus 112, I want to get a little bit more value, to be honest, against the Lightning. But some injury concerns have popped up for Tampa Bay talked about the fact that they don't have Vasilevsky so taking a look at the Sabres I think is a good spot uh tonight uh another one uh if you want to get some more value uh the Seattle Kraken plus 124 going up against Colorado uh Colorado obviously is going to be the favorite for a matchup like this but Seattle uh has you know uh they've got a good team you know they've they've put up some uh, they've got some goal scorers here. Yes, they haven't gotten a win yet this year, but I think they're capable of producing uh, a better result here. So for for some value, plus 124, not a bad spot. With
0: Yeah, I, I like your picks. I'm going to go for the heavyweight tilt of the night. It's Dallas visiting Vegas. These are teams that I think are going to battle it out for the division, and it's an early opportunity for bragging rights and to assert one team over the other. I'm taking the visitors in that one. Dallas is the underdog, though it's a narrow line. Vegas is favored at minus 110. The the goal total is 5.5. I'll agree with that. Maybe I'll even go under because we got two pretty good defensive squads facing off against one another. The fact of the matter is Dallas is healthier, particularly if Rupe Hintz gets back. And, Petrangelo and Martinez iffy for the the home side there, so I'm I'm taking Dallas in that one AJ and uh, looking forward to staying up late and catching that because it should be one of the early games of the of the month of October to get this season off on the right foot. I mentioned the Carolina game, they're a minus 320 favorite, the biggest favorite on the board. There's no juice there, AJ, so I think you got to take a look at the over under line set at six and a half, and maybe Carolina runs up a total. So go to the over side of that bet is what I'm suggesting there. In terms of the lineups for tonight, you are handling the draft, DraftKings responsibilities. I'll sit back and listen before I can rebut with the fan duel choices. So what do you got in store for your lineup in DraftKings?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm um, going to start with uh, you know a little bit of a, a bigger name uh, as my kind of primary center here. Going to go with Sebastian Ajo. You mentioned, Paul, that matchup against, uh, against San Jose. I think it makes sense to try and get some Carolina Hurricanes in the lineup tonight. Uh, he's got eight goals or eight shots, rather. Eight goals. That'd be a heck of a start. <laughs> eight shots uh, through three games this season. Has three points to show for it. I'm um, getting a ton of big power play minutes. So I like him going against San Jose. Uh, Edmonton is favored tonight in their, na- in their matchup with Nashville. Uh, so I went with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. A bit of a downgrade in terms of his line mates, if you, if you want to see it that way, because they've shuffled things around. But he's still in that pop, top power play unit with Leon Drysidle and Connor McDavid. Um, speaking of those two, I'm going to go with Evander Kane as one of my wingers tonight. 5400 was the price tag there. He's set to play with McDavid and Dreisaitl, Uh, so really should have plenty of opportunities to get big minutes. They're on the road in Nashville tonight. It's not an ideal matchup, but again, they are favored, uh, should be able to come out on top. I mentioned, uh, you know, when you're playing uh, GPPs, you got to go with a counter strategy sometimes that can pay off. And so my two wingers here are both from Seattle. I'm going to go with Jared McCann. He's got one goal to open the year, 11 shots through those first three games. Again, Big power play minutes for him. His first line running mate there, Jordan Eberle. Uh, again, one assist there. Shot total a little bit lower at just three. Um, but I think it's an opportunity to kind of go contrary. Uh, and I'm all in. As my uh, utility spot, my third center tonight, I went with Matty Beneers. Pointless to open the season. Uh, so ownership, uh, drafted percentage, whatever you want to call it, should be significantly down. Um, it's a winner. It's a boomer bust strategy. There's no question about it. Using that many Seattle Kraken players, they're at home though, uh, going up against Colorado. I think it's a really good matchup for them, uh, and it's going to be contrary to what you're going to see out there in lineup. So we'll talk next week about whether or not uh, boomer bust paid off here. In oh, terms,
0: go on, go on. That's fine. Yep. Uh,
1: in terms of defensemen, I went with some cheaper power play number guys uh, starting. With Noah Dobson, 5,300, his price tag here. Uh, he's, uh, again, just one game played for them so far. So I'm not concerned about a lack of points, but he led the defenseman in power play ice time for the Islanders. It's a good matchup, I think, going up against Arizona. I like Minnesota tonight facing off against Montreal. So Kalen Addison led the way for the Wild among defensemen with, with power play ice time here. Um, you could even see that go up a little bit more with Matthew Boldy out. Uh, that, you know, they'll run that first unit a little heavier. And so I like uh, he's only 3,400, real cheap option for a top power play minute uh, guy here. He's gotten assists already this season. And then between the nets, of course, uh, if you're watching us over on YouTube or through uh, my Twitter account, you'll see I'm wearing a Golden Knights Marc-Andre Fleury jersey. Uh, The Flower will be playing in his home province of Quebec going up against the Montreal Canadiens tonight. 8,100 is the price tag. He's got a good team around him. It's a good matchup against Montreal, and I'm sure he'll have some extra juice for playing uh, in his home province there. So I like – that's how I built my lineup here, Paul. Heavy on the power play minutes, heavy on the contrarian play tonight. Absolutely, there's no question about it. Um, But if Seattle pulls off a win against Colorado, uh, it's going to be hard for this lineup not to have cashed
0: exactly so it's it is the boomer bust scenario that you're talking about i think i'm i'm really comfortable with my lineup too i've loaded up on the carolina i've got some edmonton players in there tonight not the big boys but i am going contrarian with against you with your picks in montreal nashville to montreal tilt uh tonight against flurry and company so I big, I big mistake paul i i think i'm going to go with nick suzuki at the center position for fifty five hundred dollars and uh, i i like the low price tag there and i think he's a real threat on the power play uh, with his running mate uh, cole coffee who's also in my lineup i'll get to him in a second so i i like that at the top of the lineup i like sebastian aho as well in this game for carolina the lopsided line is just an indication that it should be at uh, points night for carolina so you got to get some hurricanes in there and he's the top guy that i have for seventy two hundred dollars Going into the Edmonton-Nashville game, I'm going to stay away from the big boys, but I'm going to take their running mate uh, as part of my mix. But I'll start with Zach Hyman for $7,000. going to play power play minutes here and uh, will be a top six factor for Edmonton all night long in this matchup. So I like him in that spot. I'm really surprised at Nick Ehlers' price tag tonight for Winnipeg, so I'm going to have him in play against the Kings tonight for $4,900 for a top-six player who gets power play minutes on a team that has a pretty solid-looking power play, and this should be a bit of a track meet. I think that their their offenses will clash. There'll be shots aplenty, and opportunities abound, and Ehlers should take advantage of that. Back to the Oilers, I go for their power play quarterback, Evan Bouchard, with the booming shot, should be in play tonight against Nashville for $6,000. I think he's going to be in the score sheet for sure. So uh, that's one of my defensemen. I also touted this guy earlier in the show, Brady Shea. Uh, off to a good start offensively with Carolina, a team that's going to run up offensive totals tonight against San Jose. He'll be a part of it, and he only costs $4,500. So my defense tandem, $10,500, a little bit higher than I'd like to spend, but both of them are well-positioned to produce. Speaking of well-positioned to produce, Cole Coffey of Montreal against Minnesota. I know this is a a team that he wants to win against based on his College career, so AJ, uh, I I did that one. I mentioned that for you. Sixty-two hundred hundred dollars the price tag here. A guy who's a threat to score every time he's on the ice. I'll say it before you do, but I I think Flurry's going to be in tough with that tandem flying around the ice tonight, and they're missing, as I say, a top six player on the other side. Then you know the no brainer of all of this is is a guy that I added, Evander Kane fifty four hundred dollars playing alongside the two big boys and the price tag is only fifty four hundred dollars that's the first pick you got to make after you choose your goalie tonight i think in fantasy play he should be very heavily owned based on that matchup and and his potential role in what could be a lopsided score for edmonton and i close this this lineup up with uh, the guy that I, I tipped you off earlier on freddie Anderson gonna go in that For my lineup tonight for Carolina against San Jose, should be an easy win and and maybe even a shutout. So I'm counting on zero or one goal against, including the goalie win, to be well worth the $8,100 that we spend there. So there it is, folks. A look at uh, the lineup of of topics that we've come up with this year as a bit of a new format. We really want to hear from you in terms of what you've think we we've done right and have there been any omissions in terms of things that you'd like us to talk about in more detail we'll probably shuffle this up uh during the course of the season but i kind of like the way that we laid it out this week obviously and i wonder what how aj you felt about that and other thoughts before we close the
1: show yeah i mean personal preference again uh you know if if this isn't what uh what the listeners out there want we're happy to change it up but personal preference uh i get you know, right now it wouldn't matter, but towards midway of the season, there's teams I don't think we need to talk about, to be totally honest. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're, they're bottom of the thing. There's not really fantasy-relevant uh, stuff. And this is supposed to be a, a fantasy hockey show. So we want to give you kind of news, tips, information that will help with that. Uh, and so hopefully you, everybody out there enjoyed it. Uh, if you didn't, uh, if you thought we missed something, if you really love the old format, like, let us know. We can – we can adjust moving forward, but I think this is a, a good starting point for the season. All right,
0: AJ, I'm in agreement at the moment, but certainly we're, we serve an audience out there and we will change and pivot if we get a resounding no or <laughs> resounding put this in, please, and thank you. And uh, that's just part and parcel of us thanking you every week for listening to RotoWire's podcast with StatsMan and AJ. As always, remind you that we're here to assist you with all things related, related to your enjoyment of fantasy hockey. So we encourage you to send your comments or questions on Twitter, where you can follow me, Paul Bruno at Statsman22. You can follow AJ at AJScholes24. So long, everybody. We'll see you next week.